fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. You know, I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. That's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You know, I came to Voice America about three years ago when Internet radio was kind of in its infancy, and it has grown so much since then. And I've been doing Positive Living programs and Positive People programs for over 20 years. And I also have a show locally where I live that's been on the air now for eight years. And I truly believe that we can we can have the kind of life we want. And what I do is bring you the experts and authors and celebrities and folks that have really been through so many things, have written about them, and pass on the information to you so that if you're having an issue or a problem, you can solve it. And we just always have great guests for you. Uh, today we have a very interesting program. Uh, we're, we're actually talking about a fiction book with sort of a non-fiction topic. And it's all about kind of timelessness. What if you could live forever? What if you never died? What would life be like? Well, we have someone who's really explored that. My guest is Richard Evans, and he is an author. And he's an actor, an author. He's owned many businesses. And is quite a fascinating man. And his new book is called The Life of the Eagle. A historical Odyssey, and he really looks at a mystical and magical account following the life of someone who never dies, who's ageless. And then what does that mean? Welcome, Richard Evans. Well, thank you, Patricia. Well, you know, first of all, how did you come up with this topic, and why did you write the book? Well, actually, I'll confess that I actually did not set out to write a book. Okay. I was. Uh, you, you you may know that I, I do a weekly uh, letter or, or page of inspiration and humor, which I've been doing for many years. Mm-hmm. And I was writing a, uh, a feature article for it about death and dying, and particularly American modern American attitudes toward death and dying. But as I started my research, I found myself researching more and more not death and dying, but life and living. And found some very fascinating uh, data that would lead me to believe that perhaps the the, the possibility of, of really having medical immortality is about to break on us. Really, you mean you really think that in the future that's a possibility? I think it may have already happened. Really, and certainly within the next ten to fifteen years. The ability to produce that will will occur, whether it will actually happen or not. All right. Well, let me let me ask to, you yeah. this before you explain kind of the theory behind that. Okay. Let's, let's just be do science fiction for a minute. Mm-hmm. 
since this show is positive living, right. <laughs> let's say that you that you could be ageless as the as the person is in your book. Let's say that you could live forever. Okay. What do you think are the positives there? And and then we can go to maybe the negatives as well. I don't think there are many positives at all. Really? In in immortality, no. Um, no, uh, and, and and that's really the point of of the book, and actually why it, that that thing that was going to be a a feature article morphed into a book. Right. Um, because as I, as I thought about it more and more, it occurred to me that there were many more downsides to immortality than there were upsides. Such as watching people die in front of you over the generations. Uh, yes, watching everyone you. You've known and loved, passing on before you. Uh, what really kicked me into high gear on that was a quote I came across by an author named Susan Ertz, who wrote books in the 1930s and 40s, mainly fiction. But she has a very famous quote, which you can find all over the place. And it goes like this. Millions yearn for immortality who don't know what to do with themselves on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Mm. Well, that's kind of the downside of immortality. How many how many barbecues can you attend? How many uh, <laughs> you know, weddings and funerals and and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I've heard that from older people, actually. Mm-hmm. I have heard that. But, okay. Now, and all of that occurred about four years ago. And so I actually wrote the book in the first draft in mm-hmm. five months, which, which, which surprises people because if if one reads the book, you you actually go through all of American history. That's where I had to go. How are you going to write a book about about the downside of immortality unless you have a character who is immortal? So I had my character in the book born in the Massachusetts colony in 1737, mm. and of course she's still with us today. Mm. So we we take a look at at all of American history through the eyes of one man. So, Richard, where is where's the hope? Now, you write an inspirational column mm-hmm. that has humor, and you're saying that you don't see a lot of upsides of immortality if there was to be such a thing. But where is the hope in this writing, in this book? Where's well, the let, uh, let, let, me, uh, let me read a passage from the prologue, since you used the word, the H word. Oh, hope? That, that, and, that <laughs> is, and that is the point. Okay, well, that's what we want to hear okay. because, you know... Now, now this, uh, this prologue is, uh, is in the present. Okay. Um, and uh, he, the, the main character in the book has applied for a job in a, in a modern uh, hospital, big city hospital. And uh, uh, Miss Edna Snow is the personnel manager, and she hires him, although she's, she's kind of uneasy about him. He, he seems almost too good, almost too perfect. Mm-hmm. I must also explain that the character in the book never ages. He he always appears to be about 25 or 30 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. the, the height of our physical maturity. Okay. And, and here's the passage. Despite Miss Snow's afterthoughts about hiring him too quickly, he was an excellent worker with skills beyond what might be expected in one so young. The other nurses found his physical strength amazing as he lifted patients with ease. Every member of the staff had a smile for him, always returning his. The patients were even more adoring. After all, he spent most of his time with them. He was careful to devote the majority of his time to the elderly geriatric patients, 
and to the children in the oncology ward. Mm. He would sing with them the golden oldies or hymns with the old and the latest children's TV songs or nursery rhymes with the young. Me, me, come sing with me. Billy was only four, but he was a fighter. Cancer wouldn't take him without a battle. So they sang together. I love you, you love me. Old Bill liked to sing, too. I'll bet I know one you don't, came his challenge. And I'll tell you what it is as soon as I can remember it myself. Mm-hmm. Bill had tried to stump him for weeks, had tried to think of a song he didn't know, and failed. But he wouldn't give up either. How about in the sweet by and by while I try to remember the other one? Of course, Bill knew that old hymn wouldn't stump him. He seemed to know every song anyone could remember. It wasn't necessary for him to touch them, but he did. With his touch and his voice, he gave them something he knew would bring healing, if healing were possible. Mm. Healing to their bodies and to their souls. He gave them hope. Mm. Hope, like nothing else, increased their expectations of life. In time, there were far fewer deaths and far more complete recoveries in the wards where his sunny outlook and gentle encouragement lifted all hearts. Mm. The other nurses could always find him by simply going wherever they heard people laughing and singing. In time, too, Miss Edna P. Snow relaxed her vigil just a bit. But that would be enough. Yeah. That's the quote. All right. The, yeah. the upside of immortality would be not having to suffer. Mm-hmm. And being strong and being useful. And being strong young. and useful through a great many years, mm-hmm. not having your strength diminish. Not seeing your the, the aging process take away some of the so people then the but, but according to that then Richard people wouldn't see you as old they wouldn't unless you told them how old you oh, were of course not because yes, you yes, wouldn't yes, look it yes my my character has a raging immune system uh, virtually nothing really affects him bees stinging then um, he sometimes is bitten by poisonous snakes mm-hmm. and he just simply recovers quickly mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't suffer tuberculosis or or AIDS or mm-hmm. Those are some real upsides. But you know, when you say that, you know what I think of, and (laughs) the risk of sounding a little spiritual or religious, I think of angels. You know, the angels that come down and work with us (laughs) and take care of us. I mean, those are, we think of angels as immortal. Well, uh, angels are in the book as well. Interesting. Although not not angelic, uh, ethereal beings with wings and halos, angels that this man meets are flesh and blood, mm-hmm. people who do take care of him, who, mm-hmm. who do advance him and mm-hmm. give him things that enable him to go on living. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that anyone cursed with immortality, and, and, I, and I use that phrase in the book, and he thinks he comes to think of it that way too, mm-hmm. would have to have a very compelling reason to continue to live uh, without just trying to destroy himself. And he has that. Because he's helping other people. He has, yes, and because he, he, he gets early in his, uh, er, relatively early in his life, he gets religion, mm-hmm. and he comes to believe that God is keeping him alive for a reason. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what it is, right. but he trusts God will let him know when the time comes, and that when he accomplishes that purpose, mm-hmm. that God will grant him his greatest wish, his greatest desire, which is death. Mm. Wow, powerful, Richard. We're going we're gonna to go to break. Powerful. How can people find out about your book? The website is archbooks.com. Uh, that's one way, or they can go directly to my website, which is ncauthor.com. 
ncauthor.com. Yes. Hmm. All right, when we come back, I want to explore more about this character and your whole feeling about immortality because you have really a whole theory of it when you said that you thought we might even in our, it may not be in our lifetime, but it could be, you feel we're moving toward that. And I want to find out what that's all about and and more about, you know, what we can do while we're here on Earth to make such a difference in people's lives, which is really what this character does. So you're listening to Positive Living, folks, and you can also listen to the rebroadcast, which is on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can log on to my website, which is raskinresources.com, get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. And you can also listen to my shows, which are archived on my site. So, and when we come back, if you have a question for Richard, you certainly can call us at 888-552. I'm I'm not sure I'm getting the number right, but I will in a moment. Um, I will when we come back. I will have the correct number for you. Here it is, 888-335-5204. All right, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. Stay tuned. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Bessie Seraphim. On the show, Bessie will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crimes to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And we are right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. 
And as I said before, I'm really happy to be part of Voice America. They are very visionary. They believe that information is power. The Internet is the future, and, it, and the future is now, which is really true. The Internet is everywhere, and it's a very powerful vehicle to bring us some wonderful positive information, which is what I try to do on Positive Living. I bring you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And today we have a fascinating subject. It is about positive living in a very unusual way. My guest is Richard Evans. He's an author, he's an actor, he's an entrepreneur, a business owner, very enterprising and very interesting person. And Richard is the author of the book, The Life of the Ego, A Historical Odyssey. You can log on to archbooks.com. You can log on to ncauthor.com. And this book, Life of the Eagle, is a mystical and magical account following the life of an ageless wanderer and adventurer that just seemingly cannot die but watches generation after generation pass before his eyes. And we're talking about that, about life, about death, about what does all of that mean. And although this is historical fiction, uh, Richard certainly brings the reality to it. Welcome back, Richard. Thank you. Okay, tell us more about this life of the eagle and this, this man and some of the wonderful things that he does that we would look at as very hopeful and positive, even though you think it's a curse because he lives forever. Yes, well, um, I've thought about this a very long time, of course. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had no intention of writing a book about it until I started writing a book. Right. Um, and so I had I placed him in 17... As, as being born in 1737 in the Massachusetts mm-hmm. colony. Mm-hmm. I, I should tell you, I, I spent the first uh, 13 years of my adult professional life as a school teacher, mm-hmm. teaching geography and U.S. history. Mm-hmm. So I have a natural uh, in, in, inclination that way. Well, um, the character in the book discovers at about age nine, 9 or 10 that he has an unusual gift. And it's not his longevity, but he has the gift of healing. He can. He takes a friend of his, a childhood friend, who is obviously dying, probably of cholera, and he takes his hand in his, and he says a few words that he remembers his father saying in, in the distant past for him. And the next day, his friend is completely recovered. Mm. So he has this gift of healing. However, as healing. as as the book goes on, as the story goes on. He finds that every time he uses this gift to heal someone, the person dies a few uh, days later or, or a short time later under horrific circumstances. So he eventually gets the idea that maybe he shouldn't be using this this gift or curse of healing. So, so you need, we need to keep that one in mind as we go through here. Uh, at, at age 10, he's orphaned. His, his father has gone. His father left shortly after he was born. Uh, his mother has raised him. She dies, and he's 10 years old. And in colonial Massachusetts, he walks to the coast and convinces a sea captain to take him on as a, as a, as a cabin boy, as a student. 25 years later, he's, he's developed and matured into a very powerful and, and knowledgeable sailor. He's a, he's a seaman. At that point, he decides he wants to make his fortune, and so he, 
he signs on as the first mate of a slave ship mm. coming from Africa with chattel slaves to the Caribbean. He's told that the, that the proceeds from that one voyage, you know, he'll be able to retire for the rest of his life and have no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's true. That, that, that kind of money was what they were talking about at that time. But during the voyage, he discovers he has a conscience and the conditions under which the slaves must survive drive him into great despair, mm-hmm. um, into madness, as a matter of fact. He, he can't sleep. His captain tries to help him by giving him laudanum, which, of course, is an opiate, and he becomes addicted to that. Um, by the end of the voyage, he does survive the end of the voyage. He's of no use to the captain anymore, so the captain leaves him with a friend of his in the city of Baltimore. The friend of the captain's is a woman who owns a whorehouse. So he wakes up one morning in uh, in this strange place, uh, despondent, despair, addicted to opium. But fortunately for him, the the woman in, the woman who owns a whorehouse also owns a Negro slave, who is a uh, an educated man and who takes on this fellow as a as a project. He cures him of his addiction to opium brings him back to, literally almost brings him back to life, and then teaches him to read using the Bible. And it's at this point that this man... So, so let, me, let me interject for a minute. So sure. really throughout this story, this man, what is his name, by the way? Uh, he's never named in named. the book. Well, whoever he is, <laughs> he really is acting, really, there's some, I don't want to use the word God, but in a sense there's those angelic qualities. I mean, he's got these gifts where he's healing people, He's helping people. So you see, to me, when you mention this whole idea of the curse of, of this agelessness, throughout the book you're bringing through all of the gifts that this man has oh, yes. because of what he can do to help other people because of his own attributes of strength and power. Yes. Oh, yes. He, he's um, he, Early in life, I, I, I'm not going to give the rest of the synopsis now. Okay. But early in life, after you, get, after you get to about the third chapter, you look at this character, you look at him and say, well, let's see, he's, uh, he's been a slaver, he's, uh, he's been a dope addict, uh, he's a murderer, we hadn't quite, quite gotten to the murderer mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. While in the whorehouse, he takes over the job as the, as the, uh, uh, <laughs> my, my words have just failed me. As, as the abortionist. Mm. He's not very positive uh, he's, he's things. Also, he's also been a thief and he's a liar. The, the, the same so person. Where can, where can you go from there? Well, so, wait, so, so well, this, yeah. the same person has, yeah. has done that as well as now healing other people. Yes. He, mm-hmm. he, 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 he hasn't quite, I mean, at, at this point in the story, we're only at about uh, 1775. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, after this, he, he he runs away from this place and joins the American Revolution. All right. Not because yeah. not because he believes in the American Revolution, but because the Royal Navy is is after him to try and hang him. Okay. So here's, here's what I want to know in light of the theme of this program. Right. Where what do you see from this? If if someone reads your novel mm-hmm. and they want to carry away with them a message of hope. Where is the message? Because then you're talking about a man who's been on the dark side and then oh, yes. turns around very dark 
Well, well, the hope is that through the novel he changes, and he changes rather drastically. Mm-hmm. And basically, what, what really changes him is his is his knowledge of of the Bible. He he then carries the Bible with him through the rest of his life, mm. and he uses it all the time to search for the answers to his questions. Like he's being saved in a way. Yes. Oh, yes. He's definitely saved, mm-hmm. and and he and he feels that. Remember, I I said uh, the, the thing that the thing that keeps him going is his belief that God is is keeping him alive for a, a reason, mm-hmm. for a purpose. Mm-hmm. He he later on in the book he discovers he has another gift when he's in the in the western part of the United States and having to deal with the wilderness, he finds he has a, a gift of communication with animals. Mm-hmm. They behave very strangely in his presence. Mm-hmm. And although he he, I mean, he, he, he talks to them mm-hmm. and, and, like and they seem to understand at least mm-hmm. generally what what he wants from them. There's almost like a um, a prophet, you know, when you when you read or you go into the Bible and you read about the hardships of prophets and what they go through. Exactly. There's almost a, a prophet-like, a sage. He, uh, yes, he he, he, ha- he, ha- he has that idea about about himself mm-hmm. eventually, not mm-hmm. not at first. Of course, mm-hmm. you see, in the American Revolution, he's only 35 years old, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't know that he's not not going to die. Yeah. Uh, by the time he's in the in the uh, in the wilderness, he goes across the after the American Revolution. He goes across the Appalachians, kind of a few years just behind Daniel mm-hmm. Boone. Mm-hmm. So he's in the wilderness for many years. Uh, meets and marries the Shawnee Indian woman, has two children with her, but they are all killed by other Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's 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 tragedy followed by tragedy mm-hmm. followed by tragedy, but still he maintains. His spirit. Mm-hmm. All right. We're, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of the things I want you to, to really address is this whole um, kind of ethical and moral issue about what if we really could live? I mean, and is science really working toward that, and is that a possibility from what you've read and what you know? And then the other question that I will ask you later in the program is how you translate this into your own mortality, Richard, where you see yourself in 20 or 30 years and how you want, how you see, in a sense, old age, and I'm saying that in quotes, how that can translate based on what you've written about being ageless. So get ready for all those questions, folks. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, and my guest is Richard Evans, who is an author and an actor and runs a community theater and is an entrepreneur and is fabulous and his book is a historical odyssey life of the eagle and i usually don't cover fiction books but this has such a spiritual message showing the dark side and the light side and how we can transform ourselves um that uh, that it's really fascinating all right uh, and you can log on to his website which is either archbooks.com or ncauthor.com and learn more about life of the eagle again for positive living i'm patricia raskin stay tuned there's plenty more we'll be right back For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. 
Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun Crimes Hit Home, a public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to Voice America for Global Security with Victor Plesner. Global Security is the show that covers international security issues for all walks of life since 9-11 and what the future may present to keep our world safe. You will hear from leaders of global security companies as well as authors of books on law enforcement and terrorism. So join us Fridays at 8 a.m. for Global Security with Victor Plesner right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I say, I'm always happy to be on Voice America because Voice America believes Information is power. The Internet is the future. The future is now, and so do I. And that's why my program is here, Positive Living, which is on the air three years, here on voiceamerica.com, which is worldwide on the Internet. And I have a second show, which is local where I live, that has been on the air eight years. And I just truly believe in trying to bring you practical solutions and positive principles. And today I'm doing it a little differently. We're doing it through a fiction book, but we're still coming up with, you know, how how do you make your contribution in life? How do you have the kind of life you want through the obstacles and through the odds? And in this novel, this gentleman certainly does have lots of obstacles and lots of dark sides and then uh, really performs miracles and helps many people. My guest is Richard Evans. He's the author of the historical fiction odyssey, Life of the Eagle. And you can log on to his website at archbooks.com or ncauthor.com, 
And Richard is an author of more than one book. He is an actor. He has created community theater. He uh, is an entrepreneur and a businessman and a teacher and all of the above and is certainly very creative. Welcome back, Richard. Thank you. Okay. Um, before we get into kind of the ethical and moral considerations of being ageless, if that could happen, what are some of the responses you've gotten to this novel? Well, I've, I have a number, and I have a couple in, in print here, uh, email that came to me uh, from, uh, actually from two, two from people I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know before, mm-hmm. and one I know only casually. So I'll, I'll read one. This is this is from a man I, I was actually in college with, mm-hmm. and we kind of lost track. And, and I'm going to censor it a little bit because there's some things in here that uh, <laughs> the audience okay, will not be interested in. Okay. But he says, just finished reading your book this past week. At first I thought, what a clever guy. He used all his social studies lesson plans <laughs> and found an effective way to present American history to his students. But the deeper I was drawn in, the more I sensed that you had that you had to have experienced many of the thoughts and emotions of your characters. Uh, thanks for the intensity of characterizations, the dignity of each person's motivations, and the goodness that flowed through many of your characters' decisions. Mm-hmm. Throughout this text, you were the teacher, the poet, the healer, the wanderer, the sinner, and the saved. Praise mm-hmm. God for the gifts, and rest assured, the life of the eagle is not over. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how That's well, beautiful. how wonderful I felt when I got that one. Oh, is that beautiful. And here's another one. This is from another mm-hmm. author who was one of the first to to read my book. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, my, my publisher publishes uh, books in both hardcover and what they call e-books, which are the ones you can download on mm-hmm. the phone, mm-hmm. but you have to read them on a computer screen. Right. And uh, mine was out for two days as an e-book, and I got a review, which is amazing. Mm. This author had read it, and uh, he gave me a review. Okay, and he, he writes and says, I just talked to my buddy, and he gives the name, and I won't do that. Mm-hmm. I recommended your book to his wife for Hanukkah, and he mm-hmm. just finished reading it. Mm-hmm. He cried at the ending. Mm-hmm. Then he cried for two reasons. One was that he was happy for the guy, and two, that he was sad the book was over. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a comment. He is mm-hmm. going to, to do a write-up on Amazon. I will pick up his pick up his book and send it to you with my two. Uh, I was going to sign it for him. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right, well, let's let's talk about this whole concept of being ageless. And you have said that there are actually studies, scientific studies, about genes living on. Oh yes, there was a fellow who uh, a researcher Hayflick is. Was, is his name, H-A-Y-F-L-I-C-K. If you want to go on the Internet and find him. Um, he did a study that showed that, uh, that the human cell typically divides from 50 to 90 times mm. uh, before it dies. Okay. So that there is a finite number. At the, at the, there, there's, there's, there's an end pre-programmed into us. But then further study, they, they discovered that... Uh, other researchers have discovered something they call telomerase, which is an enzyme found in some human cells. Uh, what happens is that when a cell divides, the, the DNA on the, on the chromosome, some of it is lost because the chromosome is not, the strands are not bound together at the ends. Mm-hmm. And so each time the cell divides, some of this material is lost. And eventually, and the theory is that the reason there's a, there's a finite number of times it can divide is that uh, after a while there's not enough DNA to, 
to replicate a, mm-hmm. a viable cell, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's when death of the cell occurs. Okay. And if enough of those in our body go, so, so do we. Mm-hmm. But, however, with this telomerase present, uh, the DNA is not lost, and it can be replicated completely, okay. which suggests that the cell could then divide forever, forever. and it would become immortal. The problem we have with that today is that when we find this telomerase in cells, we generally call those cells cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives cancer its great advantage mm-hmm. in our bodies to, to over, over the, the normal cells. But, but, however, if one could control it, and I've, I've got a quote here from another scientist whose name I don't know, so it's just as well. Mm-hmm. So scientists believe that by manipulating cells to make telomerase, the cells can control continue to divide, and therefore live indefinitely medical immortality. But how do you do that without them being... Well, it, well if I knew that, I, 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 I would be writing destroyed. books. I, I, I'd be in, in a research lab somewhere. I'd probably have my feet up in Florida somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so the, the point is that the theory works, but it's that the cells that are doing that now are destructive. That's right. Well, but of course, this does lead us to the really the, the, a real possibility of finding a, a, a definite cure for not only not only one cancer but all cancers. And is, in, in your research or in your reading about this, is there do people are they writing that this could possibly happen, or do they feel that's a fantasy? There's a, there's a good deal of uh, disagreement. Mm-hmm. Some believe so, some believe not. Even those who say not aren't willing to say never, they're willing to say not within the next 10 to 15 years. Well, and then you're dealing with the whole, you know, religious and ethical... And that, and that leads us to the deal, um, what do we do if indeed we find that we can do this? Yeah. Uh, it's like cloning. Clone. I mean, so cloning we're, had we're, the same issues, didn't they, Richard? Uh, cloning. Right. Cloning had the same ethical issues. Uh, much the same, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we're looking at, at the same thing. Suppose someone comes to you tomorrow and says, Patricia, you've been chosen to, uh, to, to, to be a, an experimental person in this, in this new process we have, which will extend life indefinitely. Mm. Okay. What do you say? Yes? Well, um, it would depend. I mean, if, you know, if I could keep my energy level and my health and, and everything else. Oh, yes, you else. do that. Oh, yeah. And, and you would not you would not age any further than you have, and possibly. I don't know. Maybe, interested in that, Richard. You may even find your your body uh, uh, going back and 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 uh, getting feeling a little younger. So I might be interested in that. I'm the gonna, hard part would be. I'm going to make it as attract, as attractive as I can. Except the hard part's going to be watching everybody die in front of me. Yes, certainly. That's, well, that, that's, that's the gonna hard be, part. That's going to be one of the hard parts. Yes, mm-hmm. that, not the only one. Justifying it, uh, suppose. Well, let me let me let me go back into the book and go to, to the way toward the front of the book, where. Um, what do you mean justifying it? Because people aren't going to know how old you are unless you tell them, because you're not going to look that old. Well, you're going to be a pariah. You're going to be a one of a kind. You're mm. you're a, yeah. you're a lifer. And if that sounds like a prison sentence, I, I mean it to be. Um, uh, what, what, what is the world going to think of you? And, and, and this, the character in the book mm-hmm. goes through this. He does not want it known. 
everybody has this this, uh, this, this inability to, to contract disease and this inability to die from, from normal causes and aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, because his physical appearance never seems to change, he has to drop out of societies wherever he is every oh, 15, 20, 25 years because after that people begin suspicious. Why does mm-hmm. this guy ever, never seem to age? Mm-hmm. So he has to drop out and then reinvent himself somewhere else. So he becomes very clever at this, but it's it's not something that, that you would want to do. And suppose that, that weren't you. Suppose there were a whole group of you mm-hmm. who uh, have this this, uh, this this immortality curse. I'm going to continue to call it that. Um, what do you do about children? Are you going to reproduce children who may also have this? And if that's true, what do you how do you feel about starving to eternity? Mm-hmm. Because when there when there get to be a great number of people who are not dying, the Earth's resources are finite. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the practical consideration, not really the moral or ethical consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, we're gonna. We're you gonna... get it. Somebody else doesn't. Who decides? Mm-hmm. That's that's the real kicker. Who has that power? And when you and when you're ageless and you feel like you've been around so long, should you be the one or should you be passing it on? And should you be allowed to end it? Mm. Well, and that gets into one of the issues we have today with the, you know, the whole what right to die. Euthanasia. Euthanasia, the whole yes. issue. Yes. All, All right, we're going to take a break. I mean, this your book really is hitting some very tough issues that oh, yes. we are all talking about. I mean, it's done to a novel. All right, my guest is Richard Evans, and he wrote a fiction, historical odyssey called Life of the Eagle. And Life of the Eagle is a mystical and magical account following the life of an ageless wanderer and adventurer who literally is ageless, who seemingly cannot die. And he struggles to understand his longevity, his miraculous gift of healing that saves lives only to see them soon die. And so that's, that's what we're talking about. And when we come back, Richard, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. I'm going to find out about what you think about aging and longevity in your own life from having written this book. Oh, you you haven't put me on the spot already? (laughs) Well, we'll do it a little more when we come back. Okay. All right. My guest is Richard Evans, and you can log on to archbooks.com, and you can also log on to ncauthor.com. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And stay tuned, folks. You can call after the break if you'd like to have a question for Richard at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Stay tuned. There's plenty more. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. 
voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hey, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You are listening to Positive Living on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why my program, Positive Living, is here. Because we talk about positive principles, we talk about practical solutions, and we look at the dark side, the light side, we look at heavy issues, light issues, but basically what we're trying to do is give you food for thought so you can improve the quality of your life and just be inspired. That's what this is all about. My guest is Richard Evans. He's the author of... The book, it's a historical odyssey, and it's a fiction book, which I have been saying I often don't do fiction books, but this has a real message. And the book is The Life of the Eagle. You can log on to archbooks.com, A-R-C-H-E books.com, or you can log on to ncauthor.com. And you can call us at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can listen to the shows that are archived on my site. All these shows go on my site after they are aired, and it's raskinresources.com. Okay, welcome back, Richard. Thank you. Okay, here's a tough question. Now, you've written this. You've talked about being atheist. You've talked about uh, the dark side of life, the light side. This man was a healer. He did some incredible things, and he's having trouble dying. (laughs) The question is, how do you feel about this in terms of your own longevity? you know, getting into the year of 80 or 90 or 100, how do you want to live that part of your life, and what do you feel about longevity? Okay, well, let me, let, let me tell you about the age of 100. Okay. One of the, one of the genesis of this book was, a, was a, a radio program I heard. I remember the date because it was January 1st, 2000. 
And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a date that sticks in our minds. Mm-hmm. The announcer said, uh, actuarials now believe that anyone born after 1950 has a, in the United States has a 50-50 chance of living to be 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are now in this country approximately, the estimate is about 9 million people at any one time who are 100 or, or years old or older. Mm-hmm. But if those actuarials are correct in a very few years, there are going to be many, many more. Yeah, it's the fastest-growing segment of the population. Absolutely. It's the older and, segment, yeah. And, uh, I mean, in, in, in the 1900, for example, the life expectancy for an American was 47 years. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now it's, uh, for a girl, a girl is 81 and mm-hmm. a boy is 79. Mm-hmm. So it's almost doubled in that time. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're certainly going that way. I'm, I'm 67 years old, and I'm beginning to feel... That age. Uh, someone once said that, uh, that getting old is not for wimps. <laughs> and that's certainly true. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the pains that arrive out of nowhere and that sort of thing. So yes, it is, is, is a, a, a version of immortality appealing to me. At times it certainly is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, most of the time it isn't. Mm-hmm. We have to accept what God has wrought. Mm-hmm. And that's almost a, de- a definition of happiness, I think. Mm, is acceptance. Acceptance of, of, uh, of the ultimate, but not acceptance necessarily about what we do between now and then. Mm-hmm. That's very much up to, I think still very much up to us. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the freedom God has given us. Mm, powerful. So, Richard, in 20 years, where do you see yourself? Swinging on a swing? <laughs> um, working. I, I, I'm not retired, and I have no intention of retiring to nothing, to doing, to, to playing tennis and golf and boating and fishing. And that, that, that would, I would get, I would get very bored. Mm-hmm. I would be one of those, one of those people bored on a rainy Sunday afternoon. And you live in a place where all of that is available to you. It, it, and, it's, and it's available to me if I want to do it on a on a part-time sort of right. basis. Right. But useful work to me is is uh, medicine, is medicinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as I'm doing something I think is valuable. I had no idea of writing a book. I was 63 years old when I wrote this book. Mm. And, and, and my now first, you're, and my now first you're novel. Your first novel. Mm-hmm. And, now, and you've written other books, too. Well, I've, I've written another book, and I've written a, another novel, which is about to be published yeah, very shortly. And what is that called? That's called The Short, Happy Life of Davy Monroe, and it's quite a different book. And we, 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 But we'll talk about that some other time. Okay, but that also has a, a positive spin on it as well. Much more, probably much more so than Life of the Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, Richard, if people read this book, Life of the Eagle, what is the message? What do you, What would you like listeners and readers to take away from your book and from this interview? I think any book, any fiction book, needs to be, uh, first of all, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Then, possible, if possible, instructive. There's a lot of American history in this book, and it is accurate. Mm-hmm. It's, um, if you may remember the movie Forrest, Gump. I, I, oh, sure. I, I've, been, I've been told about that several times, and I did see the movie where Forrest Gump is put down in, in real situations, in real history. Mm-hmm. Well, this man is put down in real history. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't mess with history. Mm-hmm. 
But I think the third thing that I would like a book to do, and, and, and really what I strive for, is it to be inspirational. Mm. Is it? And, and I think when you read the the conclusion of the book, you will find it. I hope inspirational. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a synopsis of that really quickly in a few, a couple of sentences? What does the conclusion say? Well, I told you earlier that the man is, uh, believes that God is going to show him what it is he must do. Mm. And God does seem to show him what he must do. But as he goes about it, he remembers something very, very much from his past, his very distant past, from the, from the Negro slave where he, where he first learned about the Bible. And he gives himself, finally, after all these 300-plus years, he gives himself fully to God. Mm. And that's the catalyst. That's the trigger. Mm. That's what leads him to what he most desires. Mm. And, and it, will, it will all of us that way. Mm. Very powerful. And in the end, does he still live? Patricia, do you think I'm going to reveal <laughs> the end of the book? Come on. All right, Richard. I should reveal one more thing, however. The publisher has rated this book R, Strong Sexual Content and Graphic War Violence. Now, wait a minute. You're talking about hope and God, and you're bringing in the other stuff, Richard. Well, no, the man man lives for 300 years. He doesn't always live alone. Okay. No, there there are six (laughs) love stories and one lust story. All right. Well, that's show Barry. We have the dark side of life and the light side of life. Oh, certainly. Well, that's that's life. It always has two sides. Right, right. Just keep turning to the bright side. Well, listen, thank you so much. I'm so glad you came on the program. I'm so glad you had me on. Thank you very much. really great. Stay on the line. Thank you so much. Richard Evans, author of Life of the Eagle, a historical odyssey of fiction book spanning 300 years of history. Fascinating book about an ageless man who's a wanderer who really does an awful lot of good. And um, log on to archbooks.com, A-R-C-H-E books.com, or log on to ncauthor.com. Okay, folks, next week we're going to talk to Teresa Cezuric, who's a Ph.D. She's a successful entrepreneur and consultant to organizations and individuals, and she's the author of Pursuit of Passionate Purpose, Success Strategies for a Rewarding Personal and Business Life. She will discuss the results of her extensive research on how to live a life filled with passion and purpose, and you can log on to PursuitofPassionatePurpose.com. And I have to say that in my first book that I wrote, Success Your Dreaming You, I had five P's to success. One was passion, one was purpose, planning, persistence, and patience. So it's interesting. I I just want to tell you all that um, this show, again, is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can log on to raskinresources.com, get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, as well as you can get uh, copies or listen to the archive shows, which are downloaded on my site. So, again, I just want to tell you that um, it's an honor and pleasure for me to do this program. Uh, it's really exciting to be able to bring such powerful people on the show to show you and give you inspiration and help you live the kind of life that you want to live. Until next Monday, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great, great day.
Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you.